0: Hey guys, Robert here along with Dustin, and welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. The Who's are 4-0, and and before we dive in, we want to just give you a quick message from my bookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money, so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Listen, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code chair to activate the offer. That's promo code chair, C-H-A-I-R. Visit mybookie.ag today.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Robert with me. And, you know, we took a week off last week, and that's my fault. I have to apologize for uh, giving my voice to the Who's in the win over Florida State. And unfortunately, we weren't able to schedule another time to record. So we aren't going to talk about Florida State that much. We're going to mention them a little bit just, you know, in retrospect. But no reactions no 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 tears of joy for florida state that win which was incredible was and great, uh man. rob how are you doing today
0: i'm good man i'm good you know we're 4 and 0 first time since 04 yeah uh yeah so it's it's a pretty good day man it's been a while a long while yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while but we do need to talk about that odu game and while it may not have been the prettiest game we've ever seen it was actually quite ugly we did come out with a win, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on it. What was like one good thing, if you can find one, about that win?
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, there's still a lot of good things to it. I mean, obviously, just the fact that it's a win. I mean, you got to talk about the defense, and that's one thing. We were watching the game last night, and like everyone, we were so like caught up in the emotions. Like, how is Virginia down seventeen nothing? Like, we're trying to fight and claw our way back. Didn't take the lead till the fourth quarter. So, like in my head, like. I was just so relieved that we won. That in the moment I didn't realize how good, especially in the second half, how good of a defensive performance it was. Mm-hmm. They held him to only forty-six second-half yards. Yeah. And all the articles this morning, recording this on a Sunday, were about the defense. I was like, oh yeah, like I was just so caught up. I didn't even really notice that was so uh, such a big part of the game. We're
1: emotional fans, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that, that the first thing I think you know that came to my mind was UMBC that UMBC loss in basketball a couple of years ago where we just didn't seem to be able to hit anything. And, you know, the basketball team, you know, kept trying to come back. They they Their hearts, it didn't seem like they were totally invested in the game. And that's how it kind of felt with this one as well. And so it was kind of weird, you know, coming off that Florida State game where they were so emotionally charged and, you know, the fans were in it. And it just seemed like everything was going UVA's way. Even though Florida State made plays, it wasn't that UVA was making – A lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the case last night on Saturday where UVA seemed to you know not be able to catch breaks it seemed like the play calls and you know the execution weren't you know all on the same page and you know just some dumb mistakes along the way too so it was just a stark difference you know from one week to the next against two very different opponents
0: yeah and there's no I mean honestly like there's no way these guys like didn't like just look over this game like right. it, it's had to happen and like i looked over it i mean like, it's
1: smushed, it's smushed in between florida state and notre dame it's yeah. probably the two biggest games on the schedule this year besides yeah. the tech game at the very end
0: like i was so like ready to go in the morning like before the game like i tweeted out like i just really want to see rj harvey and right. at quarterback <laughs> and it's like god we got one play of lindell stone and that was stone. ugly yeah that was
1: ugly you got stone Thankfully, bro.
0: bryce is hopefully okay but <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I mean, dude, like, I overlooked it. I'm sure the team did. I mean, the coaching staff, I, maybe they didn't necessarily look over it, but, like, Broncos says, like, hey, guys, we're focused on this. And that's what he said. He's like, yeah, there's nothing that came out of ODU because they had a bye week last week. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that they saw that was new. Like, there was no wrinkles. Like, they studied the game plan from Virginia Tech, um, and they were like, yeah, that's what it was. But, like, there's no way these guys weren't going to have an emotional letdown. I think the important thing is, is even though it's ugly, that – you know they won. They and stuck it
1: out, and and I don't think that's something that happens a couple of years ago under our former coach Mike London. Yeah, and it's just you know the the new coach and the 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 passion that he's brought with it, but also the ability to stay composed and the ability to finish out games was something that we could never do mm-hmm. back in the day and well, for like seven years and and now yeah and now and now we're able to do that which is you know a huge surprise not not a surprise but it's like wonderful as a fan to be able to know that your team is gonna finish games yeah really strong
0: and i mean what we were talking about is that you know we've were what down in every fbs opponent yeah. game we've had versus pit versus yeah, fsu and versus down Odu. at halftime so i mean the fact and honestly like one thing about this team is like, yeah, the culture is strong and that helps with it. But like, this is just like a border, I would say borderline elite coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like there are some terrific coaches. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, you've got guys, you've probably got two or three future defensive coordinators, maybe even head coaches down the line on that defensive coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Beck is terrific on the offensive staff. Yeah, And like these guys came in, they make adjustments and they've done that every game so far. And you see Pitt beating UCF this weekend, you see Florida State beating Louisville this weekend, you know, it's it's impressive what these guys have been able to do against teams that I think are going to end up looking better at the end of the season. I think both the Pitt and Florida State win uh, are going to look better, you know, two months from now than maybe they did initially. I'm
1: really glad that we got Pitt and Florida State early in the season. Yeah, And um, just, just so that, you know, because Florida State especially is such an emotional roller coaster of a team this year, and Pitt... You know they they're doing their their new offense, and so they haven't probably picked up all the wrinkles yet. But clearly, some talent on those Pitt and Florida State teams, and they showed in, they showed that against us, and they also showed in their games this weekend. And you know, Pitt taking down UCF, which is a you know one of those Group of Five schools who you know has been in the playoff consideration for the last couple of years. So it's really really interesting to see where those teams will go, and also just kind of what the other teams in the ACC are going to do. Uh, this week or in the next coming weeks until we play them um but let's go back to the odu game and let's talk about some things we are, we talked about one thing that we liked and that was the defensive performance mm-hmm. let's talk about some things that we didn't like some yeah. things that to improve on
0: i mean the easy one is o-line and yeah o-line was hurt by injuries last night yeah. so i don't think it was announced during the broadcast but they said it after the game that uh, Aluatini, our starting center, hurt his hand against Florida State, so he wasn't able to snap. I think he mm-hmm. played one series at guard, yeah. That's but what it said. so, anyway, Tyler Fannin played at center, and then Fannin got hurt, Fannin also got hurt. So, Rankinsmeyer had to come inside back to center where he had that was where most of his experience was. He played last late. year,
1: but he's been, he's been playing tackle this yeah. year as a more experienced, you know, offensive lineman. And The
0: tackles keep rotating between Rankinsmeyer, Haskins, Swaboda. and Swoboda, so. And Swoboda
1: I mean, got leveled last night against and, uh, White,
0: and that's what happened. You know, when you are yeah. six foot ten, you are not going to win the leverage battle you're, very often. You,
1: you know, so yeah, yeah bend and pop. <laughs> you can't bend that far down.
0: No, guys can bend. <laughs> it, they barely have to bend to get under him. Right. So anyway, but yeah, I mean the offensive line and still a work in progress. You know, like what i think we averaged two and a half yards a carry Mm 2.4 yards a carry last night uh bryce perkins was our leading rusher with 35 yards uh wayne talapapa 11 carries for 33 yards that's not the prettiest stat line in the world no uh even with this touchdown so i mean the offensive line and really the inability to establish a legit running game throughout any of these games is interesting and it's weird too because You know, you look back on the BYU days that this coaching staff had together, and they did. I mean, you look at the Taysom Hill film. I mean, Taysom Hill was running the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're kind of getting to that point here where I think they'd like to run the ball more traditionally than they have. And I don't think Wayne Talapapa is necessarily the problem. There's just not an offensive line to really generate that push and make it so it's a consistent part of the game plan. Yeah,
1: and I I wish that, you know, I know it's still early in the season, but we're getting up on our fifth game against a Notre Dame team that's going to have some big boys on the defensive line. And I'm worried that the rotation of, especially the left tackle, mm-hmm. is going to, you know, hurt us in the end.
0: Yeah. And just in general, I'm really surprised just how the rotation worked out because, you know, you have a true freshman playing left tackle all last mm-hmm. year, playing generally well, and they slide him into guard. Yeah. And like to me, a. They're a big fan of saying we want the best five offensive linemen on the field at all times, mm-hmm. but Bronco, also one of his like core pillars or smooth stones, what he calls them, is not every position is equal, and it seems to me you'd want the better player at left tackle than right. left guard. Right. I don't know, but... Um, maybe
1: maybe it has to do with their running scheme and having Bryce Perkins, you know, having him have the, the option to run it straight up the middle. If you don't have a good guard, he's going to get pushed out to the side, so...
0: Yeah, I mean it's. I don't it's know. Interesting. I mean the whole offensive line. I think in general, you know, we ranked it as our fifth, fifth. strongest position, which was still low. It's still at the low end. It was
1: still the third lowest. Yeah,
0: but I think I feel safe saying that's probably our weakest position. I would
1: put it, right it as last right now. Like if we had to redo it today, I would put that as last and put wide receivers way ahead of them. Yeah, way
0: receivers ahead. have been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, and yeah. You know, even even one thing I do want to call out because while we're talking blocking with offensive line, mm-hmm. while our offensive line is a bit subpar with blocking, our receivers have been terrific blockers really downfield. I mean, you look at the fourth down play with Bryce Perkins. Mm-hmm. For Billy Kemp, a small guy, that play doesn't happen if Kemp doesn't get that block. Joe right. Reed's touchdown. We knew Hasiz was a great downfield blocker, well, has but Hasiz just manhandled this guy.
1: Hasiz just, you know, he also had that late hit. Yeah. <laughs> an unnecessary. <laughs> Sometimes he's too good at blocking. Yeah, and he he's an aggressive guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, our wide receivers are really good at blocking. And uh, one, one other thing I want to say about our receivers is that, you know, Joe Reed continues to cause defensive pass interference calls to be called against him. And I think that's something that's really great. You know, he's our leading receiver this year, 215 yards. He's someone who's really stepped up this year Mm -hmm. uh, when we really didn't know who was going to step up in the wide receiver position. So really good to see Joe Reed. And also, you know, I feel like his kick returning is even better this year than it has been. He had a nice kick return. He did. You know, I I feel like every time he has an option to take it out, I would prefer him to do that and see what he can do with it because he's electric with the ball in his hands.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess going back, I mean, one thing. Well, the offensive line struggled, and I think the offense in general kind of struggled as well. Yeah. Just one thing I want to bring up is the linebackers, yeah. because we, you know, the talk of the offseason was how good the secondary was going to be, mm-hmm. and you know, the Bradden injury hurt. Although I would say Nick Grant has far exceeded my expectations. I think Nick Grant has played honestly pretty well with the exception he got beat a couple times against Pitt but mm-hmm. otherwise I mean he might have been our best player in the secondary against Florida State yeah but I'm pretty confident now I'd say linebackers are the strongest position unit on the team
1: I agree with you I, I would even bump I would bump the secondary I, I was even going to say bump the secondary down instead of moving the linebackers up just because of how the secondary's played mm-hmm. this season I, I think that You know, especially Bryce Hall, even though he's played well, there's definitely been some times where he has gotten beat downfield or, you know, I don't know if he's missed any assignments, but there's a couple of times last night, especially where he he was off and seems weird coming from an all American player like him.
0: Yeah. And I mean, to his credit, he's not getting much safety help. No, you know. Way we send blitzes, there's a lot of man coverage mm-hmm. and maybe just a single high safety look. And the safeties aren't sliding over to Bryce Hall. They're side. slide over to Nick Grant. But um, yeah, I mean, he's gotten beat sometimes. I don't think he's played poorly because, you know, normally when they're throwing his way, the receiver's open. Like, you don't see yeah. if it's a 50 50 ball, they're normally not going to throw his way. Yeah. Like, he's not getting a lot of targets. Like, he'll get. Nowhere close to his whatever it was, twenty-two pass breakups that right. he had last year. Right, like just the numbers, the volume won't be there to even. Just because, just because
1: they're staying away from him. Yeah, absolutely. There was one one throw last night in the first quarter where the ODU receiver just went up over him and just got it. It reminded me a lot of the Tech game last year where you know the Tech receiver just went over Bryce Hall and got it. Um, but yeah, I, I would feel confident with putting the linebackers in head of the. Secondary.
0: Yeah, and you know Charles Snowden this week won like essentially the defensive like player of the mm-hmm. week award for college football because yeah. I mean his performance was incredible. Fifteen tackles, three and a half for loss, two sacks. You know he had the pressure that led to the Zane Zandier interception mm-hmm. too. That won't necessarily come up in the stats, but it was a huge part of it. Yeah, and just Jordan Mack is so fast. Jordan Mack just night and day difference when he's on the field. Yes, Zandier obviously had the interception um Rob Snyder was steady Matt Gam had a tackle for Mm loss Noah Taylor had a sack you know it was a good performance the only the only bad thing I can say is I don't know I'm guessing it was a linebacker that had the running back when he curled out the wheel route yeah for the touchdown but I don't I have no idea I made that mistake saying it was (laughs) Bryce Hall a couple weeks ago um so I will I don't know I'm guessing it's a linebacker but honestly the linebacking core is terrific it definitely
1: looked like a linebacker because uh Zandier and um I think it was Mac both yeah, everyone rushed blitzed. the quarterback. Yeah. yeah and like one of them linebacker. forgot the running back. Yeah,
0: so I don't know. But regardless, I mean this linebacking core is the absolute to me the absolute strength of this team. I mean, this rush defense is incredible. And, you know, the stat that's getting hyped a lot now is that Virginia is currently first tied for first in the country for Sacks, which I will say is A little misleading because they're tied with Florida with 20 sacks. Mm -hmm. Florida had 10 sacks in their first game against Miami going against a true freshman, 250-pound left tackle. So, you know, call it what you will. I'm going to put a little asterisk by Florida's sack count.
1: To what I said to Rob is that we also have played ODU and William & Mary. So, two teams hey, that, you know, we would have gotten a lot of sacks on.
0: But the linebackers are the ones bringing the heat, man. Like, there's a couple secondary blitzes. You know, Joey Blunt has a couple sacks. You know, Richard Burney had his first sack last night. Famui's made some good plays. Mm-hmm. Um, But, I mean, it's the linebackers and it's the coaching staff that is drawing up these blitzes. And, you know, if there's one concern I have with that, it's that hopefully that's sustainable. Hopefully we can just blitz mm-hmm. teams out of the water for the next you know, two months.
1: You know, it, it makes sense because our secondary is really good. And even, you know, with the injuries and, and with, you know, maybe some players not playing up to the, you know, how good they can be, they're still really good and are we're able to bring more linebackers and more pressure and even, you know, safety blitzes and corner blitzes where we can get a lot of pressure with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Jordan Mack has a sack in six straight games. I yeah. think going back to last year, he leads the team five sacks on the seed season uh snowden noah taylor both have three zandier and joey blunt both have two a lot of guys have one one and a half i mean
1: snowden is so disruptive yeah I mean, and it's just, not always pass rushing it's too. not no. i mean
0: 15 tackles by an outside linebacker like yeah. he'll drop into coverage he'll make plays mm-hmm. he's a terrific player yeah and, and if you get those pass rush moves eventually he's gonna be he's gonna be i i'm excited graphic. to
1: see where his where his career takes him
0: yeah because i mean you look and it's cool because um i was reading this article this week and it's like guys i don't know it's talking to all these nfl scouts and one of the things they brought up was guys who like guys who are going to rise in the draft and one of them was charles snowden like mm-hmm. guys that are kind of under the radar right now on the flip side bryce hall showed up as someone whose height might be a little bigger than what his drafts are. it's funny because yeah. some the college football people love bryce hall the nfl people think maybe second third round yeah Who's to say? But, uh, I mean, there's NFL players on, there's a lot of NFL players on that
1: defense. Yes. Do you think Snowden leaves after this year?
0: I don't think so. I think he's the, he reminds me of Malcolm Brogdon in the sense that, like, he really values, like, the school and education and the opportunities. Also, I think from a playing standpoint, his pass rush
1: needs to get a little bit better. They're
0: going to, NFL teams are going to draft him to be a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. And I think he can improve in that area with another year. But, um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many NFL players on this defense, and it's honestly just one of the best defenses in the ACC, no doubt.
1: Yeah, right behind Clemson, I'd say.
0: Yeah, arguably, for sure.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, let's. Are you? Do you have anything else to say about ODU? I I feel like I just. I feel like it's definitely. It was kind of a trap game coming in, and I feel like the players played down to that level of trap game ness, and uh, it showed. And there was a lot of mistakes on both sides. But this is a second-half team for sure, and they cleaned it up, and so it was really good to see them finish the game. And with that being said, let's move on to next week. Let's look ahead finally against (laughs) Notre Dame. And uh, how do you feel about this game, Rob, considering that Notre Dame has just come off of a really emotional loss at Georgia the week before?
0: I mean Notre Dame's good. I mean you don't go into Georgia and play Georgia that close. Georgia has a legit argument to be the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. They got one number one uh, vote in the AP poll this week, so they're a legit team. And what Notre Dame Notre Dame hung in there a lot better than I thought they would. I kind of expected Georgia to roll by twenty or so, yeah. just because that's kind of Notre Dame's reputation. Yeah, I think I think a Virginia can hang with them, and I think maybe the biggest advantage is that it was a close game it was a tight game that notre dame played against mm-hmm. georgia you know maybe they're tired maybe maybe there's a bit of a letdown factor on their own end after that type of game yeah um i think i think if the offense is good enough i think our defense if we can get an ian Book face they struggled i think they had 46 total rushing yards against georgia yeah you know if the defense is what we think it can be in the offense you know, if they can play at or near the level of where they were fourth quarter against Florida State, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's totally unrealistic to say Virginia can go in there and compete to pull that upset. You know, Notre Dame dropped down to 10th in the polls. We're up to 18th, which is our highest since 2007. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you
1: think? I I feel like I I first have a question for you. Do you think Notre Dame's out of the playoff race? Yes. Okay. And because I asked that because, you know, what are they playing for this year if not for a playoff race? You know, they came in with playoff aspirations. They do, you know, that's kind of their, their mojo. They come in every year thinking that they can win the playoff and it's really difficult for them because they are not in a conference. And so they have no conference championship to like really boost their resume. And so they really have to prove it to everyone. Now with last year, I think they had more to prove, especially after getting blown out by Clemson. Mm -hmm. And I think that, You know, they came in this year with, you know, a really good quarterback in Eden Book. They have a really good defense. They just have, you know, their coaching staff is really well respected. And I think they needed to win this game to get into the playoffs. Now, another question is, does that mean that they're going to give up on the season? Or are they going to, you know, kind of become resilient and just try and beat us to death? (laughs) And I don't know the answer to that because I I think that's going to be really interesting to see how they come out and if this is a kind of a you know hangover game for them
0: yeah i mean i think it 100 has the ability to be i mean as you know it's crazy thinking we're number 18 that's like we're 18 in the ap and coaches poll like mm-hmm. you look at the teams we're in front of like we're in front of michigan we're in front of a&m utah like obviously we're not necessarily the pushover we used to be but we're still not a brand name in football mm-hmm. and to have georgia the week before us i mean obviously dude at georgia like that's a legit game and you know, game day was there. Like there's so much emotion. I view it more as like the emotion from last week, maybe there's a letdown this week. I don't I don't know if I necessarily view it in the context of the whole season.
1: Is it kind of like you know, is it kind of like our thing with FSU with, yeah, and then yeah, ODU? Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. because after us they've got um Bowling Green, but then they've got USC, Michigan right after that, back to back weeks. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't know I'm really excited for this game man I mean I've been reading all these stats and another one that is really cool is that Notre Dame I think is all time I don't think any ranked ACC team has ever won in South Bend no so I don't know there's like all these stats and like just playing like I'm so excited to like play in Notre Dame's sky and their stadium like I don't know what uniforms we're going to wear. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be so cool. To, like turn on the TV and be like, Oh, like, yeah, that's us. We're, yeah. we're in Notre Dame stadium. Yeah. And like,
1: we're on, uh, in, and we're on NBC too. Yeah. which it's, is great.
0: It's going to be just like big time. I mean, that is big time college football, man, yeah. you know, top 20 matchup at a national venue against a traditional powerhouse. I mean, I'm fired up for this game and I,
1: and the players should be, too, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, they will be. I think it's, you know, especially coming off this week, I think Bronco, Bronco's really good about, you know, m- most of the time getting his players ready for the game. And I think he's, he's going to let them know what they need to do.
0: And, I mean, I'm expecting offensively, I mean, they're just going to put the game in Bryce Perkins' hand. You know, we have mm-hmm. not run the ball very successfully this season. And, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to be a big part of the game plan you know I think it's going to be a heavy pass offense like yeah. I think that's what it's going to be and defensively if I'm guessing it's probably going to be similar to what we've seen each of the past few weeks it's going to be you know not conservative but you know bringing four guys like you know as far as pass rush mm-hmm. goes and then we'll kind of hit the second half and the blitzes will start to come out yeah but I don't know I mean I'd I'm hoping these guys are ready for it man like I know Bronco I think he's 0-3 against BYU against Notre Dame when he was Mm -hmm. at BYU but I mean these guys kind of know the drill I don't think there's any players left that played against Notre Dame uh, on our team there's Uh a couple guys that redshirted but for the 2015 matchup I don't know I'm just fired up like it's gonna be great
1: what does UVA have to do in order to win this game
0: I would say establish a ground game. But I don't think that's I don't think that's how this one's going to work. No, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Bryce Perkins is going to have to have the game of his life.
1: I hope. I, I really hope that we can get the ground game running because I think that Taola Papa is a good running back. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we just couldn't get it going last night. And I don't know how many run calls that were called, but the ones that were, it didn't seem like we were getting any push. Uh, I, if that goes back to our offensive line, that's fine. But w- this team, you know. We've got to find a way to win this game. Yeah. And how's that going to be?
0: I mean, really, we have two like legitimate data points being Florida State and Pitt. And yeah. our offense in both of those games were heavy pass. And yeah. the run didn't really become a factor unless it was short yardage or it was goal line. Yeah. Like if it's not third and two, you know, I don't think we're running the ball. And mm. I think that's just how this offense is going to be this year, just given the early indications. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a heavy emphasis on establishing the ground game. I think they're going to put the ball in Bryce's hand, and I think they've said we like our receivers better than our offensive line, mm-hmm. and I think that's just how it's going to be.
1: Yeah. One one thing that I, I found interesting is how Bryce Perkins seems to be really kind of steady as a mid- to short-range passer, and he seems to be able to hit those targets pretty consistently. Now, it's the long-range balls that he— Has not really had good control of this year so far. There's a couple deep balls last night that he missed. Uh, I know the very first pass he threw uh, right over the hands of Chapman, but after that, you know, there was a couple that he underthrew as well. So, what do you think about his long game versus his mid range game? Bryce definitely
0: has throws that he likes better than others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look at the Virginia Tech Tech game last year as kind of like, what I was hoping a little bit more could happen this year, but just really hasn't been the case, the way they attack downfield. You know, mm-hmm. they have the deep ball to Olamide Zacchaeus, the Joe Reed touchdown, mm-hmm. the first one, the one-handed one. Yeah. I was hoping we'd see more of that. I just don't think that's really how this offense is going to work, and that's not Bryce's strength that's really throwing downfield. But it's funny, you see routes that are just very, very similar week to week, and there's just concepts that they like, you know, the tight end or Hasise, you know, just coming, curling over the center of the field. They love that. Mm-hmm. They love that route. Um, Joe Reed from the slide. If you look back at the games last year, Joe Reed this ran the same five yard out route in the slot for his long catch and run against Georgia Tech, same route against Virginia Tech for the long catch and run. And look at his touchdown yesterday. It's the exact same route. Yeah. So there's definitely passes that I think this staff is comf- more comfortable with, with Bryce Perkins. Mm-hmm it's just not the deep ball isn't going to be part of the game and i think part of that is you know also just from the fact that we don't really have a run game that our run yeah. game is Bryce Perkins you know Bryce Perkins leads the team in rushing yards 193 net to Wayne Talabapa's 152 net yeah so maybe that'll be better hopefully when Bryce is a little healthier you know later in the year that's the hope at least mm-hmm. you know hopefully there's no concussions or anything signs lingering from last night when he yeah. had to leave the game for a play um But that's my thoughts, at least. Do you have different thoughts on the deep ball or
1: lack thereof so far? I I feel like it's not in our playbook that much, really. And it seems to me that, you know, either Bryce isn't comfortable throwing it or he just, you know, really doesn't have the accuracy on those throws. Now, if they pull it out for Notre Dame, that's great. But my guess is that they're going to stick to the mid short range passing game, which is totally fine with me because it's been working. Um, only problem with that is, you know, Bryce kind of likes to loft it a little bit, and so if it if there's any air under it and he misses, it could be really bad, but you know, that's the handoff. I I really I do wish that they would give Tula Pop the ball more. I feel like he I said this already. He's a good running back. He's already got 5 touchdowns on the season, so he's a yeah. good he's a really good short yardage back. He seems to be able to squeeze through those tight holes uh especially around the goal line really well. And I'm looking forward to seeing if they continue to you know, go forward with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with this offense is it's kind of, it's almost like basketball And Tony Bennett. is like the staff doesn't really like have things up their sleeves. Like, it, you know, for the Mike London games, like mm-hmm. there'd be some plays that just come out of nowhere like, oh, we haven't seen that before. Or, like, oh, like that's a trick play here or there. Yeah. Like this coaching staff doesn't really do that. They're yeah. kind of like, this is what works. They like, have are no, very deliberate. They've got
1: no Philly special in their back pocket.
0: No, I don't. Not that we've seen. I we mean, have, the only trick play I can think of us running was that fake field goal the, against UNC uh-huh. Hall's first year. Yeah, and we lost by like thirty that game. I
1: would even so. I would even say that you know the the almost fake punt versus ODU is as bad as special as it gets. <laughs> you know when they <laughs> ran up to the line and all, yeah. tried to snap it and got them offsides. Um, I, I feel like that's about as tricky as we can get. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but, I mean, you look at how deliberate they are and just their personnel group. It's very methodical. You know, they're going to take... Yeah.
0: Which is the total opposite. You know, Anai was an air raid, uh, you know, disciple coming from, mm-hmm. you know, the Mike Leach system. And, you know, if you remember the first game they ever had against Richmond, it was hurry up, hurry up, let's go. And you look at it now, it's slow down. They're going to mm-hmm. huddle every play. You're going to bring four or five guys out and four or five new guys back in, depending on what play. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's a huge... They're very deliberate in the way they call plays and their personnel groupings, yeah. which you know can be frustrating at times. Like if you know certain, you know if you study it and just us kind of seeing it casually, you can kind of recognize things. But yeah. hey, if it works, it works. And I don't think there's going to be anything new that we haven't seen already against Notre Dame. I yeah. think they're just going to trust the defense and trust Bryce and
1: hope we can get some plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the game plan.
1: I I, I hope that Bryce stays healthy and does not turn the ball over this game. I think turnovers are going to kind of dictate where this team can go this season. You know, Bryce already has four interceptions this year, uh, only had nine all of last year. So that is a not concerning, but it's strange that he, you know, has given up that many times already. He hasn't fumbled this year. I don't think so. No. Um, but still, I, I hope that he continues to keep the ball and respect the ball and, you know, keep it safe. And I think that's about it. Turnovers, you know, get in Union Book's face and go who's. Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> that's the thing with Bryce Perkins is like, there's times where you're like, oh, like we don't want to overuse him. Like I said before the season, I'd rather him not be our leading rusher. Mm-hmm. Like I just think half the times on these design runs, like a running back can do the exact same thing that he's doing. Yeah. But it's also the thing that Bronco has said. And I remember when we had Jerry Ratcliffe on last year, he said the same thing. It's like, When you got a weapon like Bryce Perkins in college football, like why not use him? Why not run him? If Bryce is willing to do it, and he absolutely wants to do it, I mean, that's just a weapon that you have. And I think at times we can be smarter about it, and he can Mm -hmm. be smarter about it too, not taking the hits that he's taken. Yeah. you know, the little jump kick that I don't know if he was trying to hurdle last night. <laughs> I think he was trying to hurdle the guy,
1: but he got caught.
0: <laughs> yeah, like maybe that's not necessary. But, you know, Bryce Perkins is absolutely a weapon, even at 70, 80 percent, whatever he's playing at with his knee. So, mm. you know, I'm I, I don't know. I think he's I don't know what stat line he'll necessarily need to beat Notre Dame, right. but if we beat notre dame he's breaking the rock i feel pretty confident saying that yeah
1: i i would agree even though he's done already this year he has so that would be awesome anything else you have to add about odu fsu notre dame
0: i mean it's fun being 4-0 man it's
1: fun being 4-0 it's fun being 18th in the country that's incredible top 20 for the first time in a long time and uh we are going to South Bend next week. I, not we, but like yeah. the Who's are going to South Bend. <laughs> I wish we were going to South yeah, Bend. Yeah, if you're going to South Bend, let us know how it is because I, I've always wanted to go. It seems like an incredible place and uh, hope to go there one day when the Who's will play Notre Dame like in, what, 10 years or something? I have not
0: idea. Yeah, I guess. I don't know.
1: It's It's been a while. Anyway, let's have uh, some shout-outs real quick. Rob, any shout outs?
0: Uh let's give it to Richard Burney. I'm pretty sure it was Richard Burney's first sack last night. Yeah. Which is kinda cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he played tight end and, you know, was put in the bowl game mm-hmm. against uh against Navy as a defensive end and that did not work out as great and then he played last year and had some good moments, but um, you know, didn't didn't play the full season and we still yeah. don't really know why. And right. obviously respect his privacy if he wants it, but you know, to have him come out and get a sack last night, I mean, just part of this rotation. And it hasn't been the rotation. It hasn't been a dramatic rotation, you know, of guys coming in and out on the defensive line, but they're keeping guys fresh. And you see, you know, sometimes it's three down line and sometimes it's two, but guys are staying fresh. And, you know, Richard Bernie at end has been a big part of that. So yeah. it's good to see him out there and having a good fifth year.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give my shout out to... uh all UVA fall sports. You know we've got uh, football ranked, we've got field hockey ranked, we've got men's and women's soccer ranked in the top ten. Uh, especially men's soccer being the number one and number two teams this season. So they're all killing it, and uh, I hope to go to some of their games this season. So that quick shout out, but go Who's? That's really that's really my <laughs> shout out. Uh, do it for the Who's. But anyway, this uh this is our football podcast for this week. So thank you so much for listening. We are the guys in ties. Make sure to follow us on iTunes at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Twitter if you like our content at Guys and Ties Pod. Uh, go check out Armchair All Americans. They've got a lot of really cool stuff regarding NFL, Major League Baseball, UFC, you name it. So go check them out. They've got a lot of great podcasts over there. And we will see y'all soon. Go Hoos. Go Hoos.